Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 24 of Namaste Bitches Podcast, a wellness podcast where me, Abigail Ayashman, ask people from all walks of life one piece of advice, and then we go from there. This episode, we had Annabelle Knight on. She is one of the UK's most relevant sex and relationship, dating, and body language experts. She regularly appears on television and in the press, both nationally and internationally, and on the air to offer expertise and guidance on all range of topics. Um, I met Annabelle through Tom, my boyfriend, and we kind of corresponded online for a bit, and then she was down in London, and she agreed to come to my house and talk to me on uh, the recordings that is a podcast, and she's absolutely lovely. We got right into it. Uh, she gave a ton of amazing advice. She has so many things going on. She's, I find her quite inspiring. So I will get right to it. Here is Annabelle Knight. And they were like, okay, so we talk for a half hour and then we introduce you. And part of me was like, I don't need to be here then yet. Yeah. It's it's like like just, we could have recorded this in two I parts. I could have slept. So yeah. Like, that, that's my, um, I'm a big fan of sleep. Like sleep is my number one thing. Sleep, sex, food, in that order. Oh, um, beautiful. I just can't get enough sleep ever. Uh, I need like 10 hours a day. Otherwise, I just can't function. I am the exact same way. And for a long time, I thought that there was something wrong with me. I was like, maybe I drank too much. Maybe I don't eat the right thing. Maybe I... And I've like slowly gotten more and more healthy. Mm. I still need, still need to, need to sleep. sleep. Yeah, I'm I exactly need the same. Sleep a lot. I, I spoke to a doctor who said women need more sleep than men because not only do our brains actually work harder, but we... Not in not that we're smarter, but yeah. being social creatures, we have a lot more going on um, like all over the shop. Yeah. And we also have a reproductive system that's ticking over constantly. Yeah. So we actually use more energy. Oh, so we get tired time. more. Does, is your husband a morning person? Or does he wake <laughs> He's up early? He's a night out. No, oh. he does not wake up early. I'm up for a good two, three hours before. And he lies. Like, he lies to himself. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm up. I'm up. I get up. No, you don't. He's like, I'm always up. Before 10, I'm always up. I'm like, that's not an achievement. And it's not before 10. Like, I've done half a day's worth of work. But I just can't go back to sleep. I, li- I like... I like an early night and I like to get up at a reasonable hour as well. Otherwise, you just waste the day. Yeah. See, I'm a bit of a night owl, um, which is just due to part of my work, which I've now accepted. But Tom wakes up earlier than me most days. And when he does, he will then get up, get dressed, have a cup of tea. And if I'm not up by the time he's decided I should be up, he comes and jumps on the bed until I wake up. So it's kind of like having a boyfriend, kind of like having a child. Dog. dog. My dog gets on the bed, hits my face, sneezes in my face, which is beautiful. All the above. Oh, yeah. Um, So, uh, Annabelle Knight, what is your piece of advice? Oh, my piece of advice. Uh, my piece of advice would be to push yourself just because you can achieve great things when you're out of your comfort zone a hundred percent just anything that you think is too difficult just give it a go if you if you can't do it fine you tried but if you can do it amazing another string to your bow another thing you can do and it makes you feel really good about yourself is there a time recently that you've surprised yourself by going outside of your comfort zone? When I wrote my book. So I started um, writing a book about three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. It was hard. Like, I didn't really know what I was doing. I'd never written a book before other than doing English A-level 
uh, you know, that was a few years ago. This was years ago. It was nine months ago. It was yeah, just a, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'd never really done any creative writing, but I had this story in my head, and I was like, "That's that'd be so good to read." Like, I would like this book. So I started planning it. I started writing it, and it was really hard. And you don't get any reward for it, like immediately. There's no, no. financial reward. There's no one there uh, patting you on the back. And I also didn't want to tell anyone the story because you get like a social reward from people going, oh my God, that sounds really good and being really supportive when you haven't done the work for it. So I was like a closed book on this, pardon the pun. Um, so I sat down and wrote it and I did about six months on it. And it it kind of became a bit boring and I didn't really know what I was doing. And because there was no reward, I didn't feel fulfilled doing it. So I just kind of stopped doing it, just mm-hmm. let it fall by the wayside. Um, and then something happened and I was like oh do you know what I'm gonna write I am gonna write a book I'm gonna write a book everyone has got a book in them and this is gonna be mine so I decided I'll send the first couple of chapters out like sample chapters out to publishers just off my own back and see what happened and I had a really good response and then one publisher said okay can you send us the first the next like 10 chapters we want 10 chapters of it so that gave me the incentive to write it and then after that, they said, we want the full manuscript. Did you did you pretend to have 10 chapters when you did oh, it? Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I was just like, no problem. Finger cramp. And then they wanted the full manuscript. But I was actually going to the States to do Pacific Coast Highway and in six weeks from then. And I didn't want to work while I was away and I didn't want to leave it because then it was coming up to Christmas and I just, you know, really wanted to get it done. So I gave myself a challenge of writing 5,000 words a day for an entire month. So I was getting up at six and I was working till 11 o'clock at night and I was just typing and my husband was incredible. He literally just plied me with tea, cooked every meal. I didn't, I didn't work. I, I actually, I think I might have worked twice in that whole time, but I was writing, I was getting up early before filming. I was writing at lunchtime. I was writing um, in the studio. Like every time there was a pause, I was like, get it all down. And it was really uncomfortable in the sense that I had no life. I didn't go out. I didn't see anyone. I literally stayed in my pajamas for four weeks. I didn't bathe. I just didn't have time. Every time I did something, I was like, I could be writing. And it was not, I wouldn't do it the same way again. It would be um, like a slower, steadier process um, the second time around. But I did push myself out of my comfort zone. I worked, it's the hardest I've ever worked on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now it's getting published, so it was worth it. Can, uh, well, before we get there, the, you, you touched on something that I thought was interesting. When you said uh, you didn't tell anyone about it because that gives you a social reward. Mm. I've heard that before, that um, when you go, oh, I'm thinking about doing something, it gives you the same uh, release of happiness. Yeah, you get paramount. a little a little shot of oxytocin and a little shot of serotonin when anyone praises you, and it's why it's such a good way of you know That's rewarding why Facebook behavior. likes. Yeah, Facebook likes. Yeah. It's so weird. Mm. Means nothing. Makes you feel good. Oh, yeah. what's going on? But um, yeah, that's exactly why I didn't tell anyone because in the first early days, I, mm. I was starting to tell people the story and I was getting a really positive reaction. Like, that sounds amazing. And what happens next? And I didn't know what happens next, but I'd had the reward for it, even though I hadn't actually written a word. So yeah. I didn't want to go down that path because I, I could see it wasn't conducive to actually producing a book. Now that it's um, close to publishing, are you okay with sharing the synopsis of the story or is it still under wraps? Um, well, it's got, hopefully, I'm going for a meeting right after this. Um, it's going to be published by the end of April this year. That's amazing. But it's got to go through uh, two more rounds of editing because I overwrote 
Um, so for the genre, it's kind of in the... It's an, uh, like a romance slash erotic fiction. Um, about 80,000, 85,000 words is a, is a good kind of word count for the target demographic. Mine was 130-odd thousand. Because you wrote 5,000 a day for yeah, a day straight. Well, I, I just thought if I overwrite it, there's nothing worse than reading a book where you feel like it's being padded out. Mm. So I thought if I, if I write more then they can condense it. They're the professionals. Like, I just I just wrote the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got to go through a couple of rounds of amendments. But um, it's essentially about a young woman who finds that her her safe, secure little world um, gets turned upside down for whatever reason. So she steps out of her comfort zone um, in order to really discover who she really is. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great story. And it's, uh, like you said, it's a romance there's novel. elements of romance there's elements of erotic fiction there's some kind of family themes running through there i think um i think a lot of people will enjoy it depending on well regardless of what genre you you kind of root for i mm-hmm. think anyone will be able to pick it up or i hope anyone will be able to pick it up and, and enjoy it i think it's going to be a great holiday read oh fun and it was a three-year process from start to finish yeah from start to finish but for say two and a half of those years I did nothing on it it just lay um, in a, an abandoned file in the depths of my laptop that I mean I think I do that in every creative person I know like uh, we're such ideas people I have a friend who's more of an entrepreneur and he was like well that's a problem you're a creative person so you have a lot of ideas but you don't execute you don't follow any them of through. and yeah, I the was amount like that's, of, I, that's very true I have like, so many unfinished projects on there just uh, stories that I've started because I've got I've got so many ideas and if you don't get them down like, just because they're an idea doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to do anything yeah. with them but it's just good to have them like in a in a hub just in case I ever run dry yeah do you ever like how do you how do you find the time to manage like um your all of your work plus writing a book cuz whenever i have an idea say I, I have an idea for a book that i i even i had a meeting with an editor and they were like write a thing and i wrote a thing and they're like rewrite it and a year later i've been very busy i don't know what i'm doing but i'm very busy all the time so th- how do you find uh, managing your time in order to fit? Um, I drink a lot. Okay. That's, no, <laughs> start every day with a gin and tonic. Start every day with a gin and tonic. Um, I don't know. I I never feel like I'm that busy. Mm-hmm. Even though I am, I do stuff every day pretty much. I don't feel like I'm that busy. But when I get in a conversation with someone and they're like, what are you doing? And I start talking about it. I'm like, damn, I'm actually doing a lot. Um, I guess time management. I've got great agents. They mm-hmm. really look after me make sure I'm kind of on the right path and doing the right thing at the right time. Um, and other than that, it's just getting up a little bit earlier each day. Like I could, I could stay in bed an extra hour every day, but I make sure I get up and just have a list. Like I'm a big list person. I am too. Yeah. I love a list. My to-do list. It's, it's never going to be finished because mm-hmm. when I tick something off, there's another three things that I add to the bottom of it. But I guess organization and just having a having the passion for it as well because I'm self-employed. So if I don't go out there and work, I don't earn any money. So yeah. and no one's going to further my career for me. So you've got to do it yourself. So um, so n- now you're an author, and then almost. you s- almost <laughs> you're you're an almost author. Well, you you do write articles. I in, do. In yeah, I say I'm a writer because yeah. I um I write for magazines and newspapers. I've got something coming out in the Sun. Um, <laughs> 
this Sunday in their fabulous magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, I write for blogs. I write for I write for myself mainly. Yeah. I have a huge wealth of um, articles that I've written whenever something kind of like in the media or or something that's happening in my own personal life or to one of my friends I'll write something about it and just keep it on the back burner because these magazines they have like a zero time window for you to get something over to them they're like if you can get something to me like by end of play today and it's 4:45 so I've just got it all kind of in the cloud ready to go just in case that is such a good idea so you basically have a card catalog of yeah mostly like and first that's what drafts. i do on my days when when i haven't got any yeah first drafts anything that might need tweaking or working yeah. on but I, the body of the works there for yeah. me to change and make it and like tailor it to whatever they need oh wow that's such a good idea and you're you're a sex expert that's the word yeah apparently that's so that's that's what pays the bills how, how does one become a sex expert uh, i was super promiscuous at university okay that's pretty much it. Now, I um, I studied couples counselling. I became a certified couples counsellor a couple okay. of years ago. Um, and I guess just write, writing articles when... I found that if you say you are something and you do the research, you I mean, not that this is going to work for a brain surgeon, but right. for, for what I do, once I'd labelled myself as a sex expert, people started approaching me for sex and relationship advice Mm -hmm. so then you have to you know you like smooth and calm on top but underneath your legs are going 90 miles an hour because you need to look like i need to um, read and learn and know pretty much everything there is to know about sex relationships so you're all self-taught with it like you said well i I did yeah i did couples counseling as a certification i've got psychology qualifications as well so that's where the kind of the human element comes Mm -hmm. from it but the the sex expert thing I designed a range of sex toys for like uh, and kind of expanding female and male pleasure. And I'm not no one to judge. You can use whatever you like of mine as long mm. as you're buying it. <laughs> um, and yeah, the the rest of it is self taught and just. Do, I've been doing it for six years now. So, so what exactly does your job entail? So you're writing articles for, like, are you writing how to stuff or yeah, how to? I do. Um, agony ant stuff on this morning so they'll have a theme like something that's been in the paper um we had what did i do the other week i can't remember all these things happened so so quickly we did oh um office because it was the christmas festive period we did office christmas parties and how you know what happens there does it is it kind of a what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas Mm -hmm. kind of thing and we had callers call in who had had different experiences and my role primarily is just to listen to them and offer some advice on on um on their relationship so i basically watch out dear deirdre mm-hmm. is my she's a she's an agony aunt i love her i want to be her um what is a question that you get asked that what's the most common question you get asked about from guys or girls both because it's one the same the other. is it is it the same <laughs> um guys always want to know how to last longer in bed and um, a lot of women want to know how they can prolong their sex sessions because they're not getting enough attention. So the um, the end goal isn't reached. So what's your what's your answer then? Uh, it depends what the what the uh, cause of the problem is. So mm-hmm. I find out first if it's a physical problem, in which case go to your GP. Um, it, I mean, I'm not a doctor. You need to if there's something physically wrong with you, the doctor is where you need to go. Mm-hmm. If it's something kind of like a social stigma or just most of the time it's stress like it's just 
the root cause of a lot of evils in mm-hmm. today's society. Stress is a big, a big thing. So I usually like the stress of trying to make yeah, it once work. It, guys just get it into their head that you know I've got to perform a certain way, or you know this has to happen. And the more they start thinking about that, the less they're thinking about actually being in the moment. And then things go tits up mm-hmm. or cocks down, depending on yeah which way you want to spin it. <laughs> Before Annabelle came on the podcast, I did what I always do, which is just research the guests. So I read all of her blogs, uh, any articles I could find that she wrote. I watched all of her TV appearances, all that sort of stuff. And as I was doing that, I was like, gosh, this woman is so cool. And now after talking to her for an hour, I'm her new biggest fan. I'm absolutely in love with her. I think she is amazing. In this next section, we talk a little bit more about what she does uh, and how she's also a counselor. Counselor to... uh, uh, sex counselor or marriage couples counselor sex counselor that sounds uh seedy but uh, incredibly fun but she is a couples counselor uh to the celebrities as well something we mentioned something about prince philip's ejaculation i don't know uh she has a new book coming out very exciting and uh how she got into her job of being a sex expert which i find the evolution to that very cool and interesting But before we get back to the podcast, I have a huge favor to ask you, the listener. Um, I, as some of you know, we switched hosting platforms a couple of months ago. And when we did, I lost all the iTunes reviews that you guys wrote, which was so sweet of you guys to do. And uh, now there are none. And if you have time... Please go on to iTunes, rate and review the podcast, give it a five-star review. It means the world to me because if there are more reviews of the podcast, more positive reviews, it gets bumped up higher in the search engines and people, uh, more people will find out about the podcast, which, uh, you know, I'd really like so we can create a cool little community. So if you have time, please go to iTunes, rate and review the podcast. If you're like, fuck that, I'm not going on to iTunes. Uh, I am against all, everything Mac and Apple. Maybe just tell your friends about the podcast. It's on Stitcher, too. You can rate and review it there. If you have a problem with iTunes, do it there on Stitcher. Uh, but tell a friend, rate and review it. It would mean the world to me. But before you do that, let's get back to this episode and talk more to Annabelle Knight. Do you see couples personally as well? Like, Yeah, so I do um, couples counseling, and it's usually... Um, online I either do it by email or the phone or Skype Uh, but I do see couples um, together but for a lot of couples they they like the almost um, arms distance what's it called yeah arms distance yeah keep someone at an arms distance to keep them just is that the actual saying yeah because now I've got arms reach in my head no that's another saying something or something's within arm's reach. Oh, okay. I'm confusing the two sayings. As a writer, this happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm like, oh, I've got all the words, but none of them are coming out in the right order. Now I'm questioning if either of those two things are sayings <laughs> or if we're just making this no, up. But, well, if we're making it up, then we should like, we should coin it. Like yeah. Paris Hilton coined, that's hot. We should coin arm's distance. But they like the, um, the distance because yeah. for a lot of... And it's usually the guys, they find it uncomfortable to open up. Mm-hmm. Even with the the idea that this person is you know non judgmental and a total stranger and is sworn to secrecy and your whatever you say stays there, mm-hmm. they they still find it. It's always female led whenever I um, do couples counselling, but I do um, 
my agents wanted me to do more um like celebrity couples to kind of do to go into that so it's expanding my okay my question there is if you're counseling them even if they're saying anything yeah yeah. even if they're celebrities well it's so that um i guess um you can for for pushing me in any for any job they can say celebrity couples counselor and in the media that means more than just civilian couples counselor but again because it's all like you know you you don't talk about who your actual clients are can't you just say celebrity counselor do you know i could (laughs) i could do that um and I, I, I mean, it would be slightly dishonest. I'm not sure but... that the couples that I have counselled actually qualify as celebrity. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I should, I should just say that. Queen and Prince Philip, done them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Don't that, arrest me. Part of me is like, please say that's true, because that would be so amazing. Uh, if you had, uh, I mean, maybe. No, no, I'm wanting no. to say so many things right now, but I'm, I'm not sure what the legal stance is on joking about Prince Philip's premature ejaculation problem I, I i mean i'm not from here so i, I i'm i didn't say anything about it i was just wondering it was just a yeah a, yeah yeah like a general pondering i don't i don't know i th- i think it's perfectly i mean if it's true then it's not it's it, it's it's not uh what's the word De- defam no defamatory yeah yeah okay uh, we'll, we'll skirt around that. Okay. Let's, All right. we'll, we'll, let's leave the royal family out. Right. We'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, but uh, yeah, so you have uh, the book coming out, which when you say it needs to be edited two more times, does that mean that you're going to have to go in and make more rewrites? No. So they do. We um, in for my publishers, we have sub editors. So they, as far as I'm concerned, the book is done now. I I still get um, a very large say in the content. So if they feel that maybe a paragraph needs to go or it could be reworded, they, they can do it for me. Okay. Um, Or they will do it and then I'll read it and say, well, actually I would have written it in in this way. And then I rewrite their rewrite. So it's a bit of a, a long convoluted process and you're still working on a title you can't say that well i i i love the title that was the title from the start for me Mm -hmm. um but they're the experts they know the market they know all all the things that i don't know so if they come up with something better i'm i'm not proud i'm happy to if if it's better then definite but i I think i'm going to stick with that do you ever find the uh collaborative uh the way that something like getting a book published becomes collaborative after it was like so just you sole project yeah Yeah. i mean do you find that uh helpful or exhausting uh, because i'm so new to it i don't know how i find it yet i i'm i'm not skeptical but Mm -hmm. a little bit kind of like a child with a toy like who doesn't want to share like i i can't quite let go of it yet i don't want i don't want the whole idea that several thousand words are going to go like I sweated over those thousand words, each and every one of them. I shed tears over them. I laughed with them. I, I don't want them to go, but if it means that when it's on the shelf and it's super thick because it's one hundred thirty thousand words as opposed to eighty-five, that it is bypassed by my key demographic, yeah. then it just won't, it won't sell. So uh, you, you have to balance kind of like selling your soul to to sell the book yeah. with your kind of professional integrity mm-hmm. and just try and kind of strike a, a good balance but I'm, I'm learning how to do that very cool do you have a fan base that's already excited about it coming out 
I haven't um, really told anyone it's coming out yet because so I signed the contract a few weeks ago mm. and this is my kind of first proper meeting with the publishers um this afternoon so until like I don't really I, I've said I'm writing a book on on Instagram and Twitter I used to share my word count at the end of each day oh, and I had a, a core fan base who would be like yeah you, you're doing it well done this is amazing and that was kind of my reward yeah just again the Facebook likes um but no I haven't the the title hasn't been released and um neither has the official launch date so i guess once i guess once today's out of the way i probably can do that yeah i hope i don't know i'm gonna get told off i know i am yeah i, I was just thinking you're gonna go to your meeting and be like i just talked about the book on a podcast and they're gonna be like no 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 you did not it'd be like the shortest podcast no in the world. i think i think i'm okay because um it, it's it's strange for me because I'm not an established author and I'm also not a celebrity with their first book coming out. I'm just a first time author. So um, I don't really have a lot of experience and or rights. They they just kind of, I'm so lucky to have the agents I do because the first contract I was sent was a bit of a like, we take your book, we make so much money. And if, if we like, we might give you a bit at the end oh, of it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, had I not had my agents at Black Sheep, I would have just signed that and been super excited because I had a publishing deal. But um, it took about nine months longer than than I wanted it to because they were negotiating the whole time. Yeah. But I, I am really lucky to have them. Oh, very cool. And what were you doing before you were a sex expert? Was an admin, as an administrative assistant. So what's the transition there? Because your job is, you have one of those jobs that is like, I think every uh, young liberal empowered woman kind of wants. You know what I mean? Like uh, Yeah, and when, they're all snapping at my heels for it as well. well when, I was, of- when I was in college, I tried to become the... Um, sex writer for the magazine I was interning mm. at and they 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 said no which probably because they were like you're 22 you think you've had sex you <laughs> haven't yet but uh but yeah it's just it's such a cool job like how did you make the transition um, into well I was I was deeply unhappy working like a nine-to-five office job I love the people I worked with but I was shit at my job mm-hmm. I'd spend the morning making mistakes and the afternoon correcting them or the afternoon being shown my mistakes and someone else correcting them uh, so I wasn't like I just wasn't cut out for like an office job and I decided I want I did a um, presenting course at Pinewood Studios and I was just like my sister was really mean to me one night and made me cry because she was like what the fuck are you doing with your life like you, you're not happy every day you're like oh work with shit she's like that that's not what life is so I was like Do you know what she's right so I, I signed up for this presenting course because uh, I'd always wanted to I used to do, I did student radio and I did local radio mm-hmm. um, like years and years and years and years ago and I was like I really enjoyed that I want to go and do that but you can't just decide you're going to do it I was like I need to go and do a course learn how to do it like learn the skill um, and get better at it so mm-hmm. I, I did this course and at the end of it you got um, a show reel. they edited it for you and made it all nice and sparkly so I sent that out I literally went through um, Spotlight you know the, um, yeah, the Spotlight. dictionary went through that all the production companies and anyone I thought might be able to help and I had boxes of DVDs this is years ago now I was going to say, you went through the book. You're yeah, not I went talking through the about, book. I thought you meant you signed up for the online. Oh, I, I had I had things. a spotlight card, but no, I went through the book. Um, we, I was given one. I was like, this is brilliant. Um, so I sent out letters with DVDs to just, <laughs> it's so embarrassing now. It's so like, uh, like unprofessional. You just wouldn't do it. <laughs> but I, I had no clue. 
<clears throat> I was living in like I was living in Bristol and I just I just wanted a change so I felt like any step of trying to make that change was positive and um a couple of people got back to me uh, and said like thank you for your interest but largely I was ignored mm. uh, so I just I carried on in my job for ages and then I just decided one day I was like I've had enough of this and they were making redundancies and there were people in my team my boss said to me don't worry you're not going you're fine and I was like if I'm not going and I don't give a shit about this job that means someone that does give a shit is up for the chop so I was like no I handed my notice in I was like right that's what I need I can't I can't sit idly by while someone who's like you know got two kids and and enjoys their job gets Mm -hmm. made redundant so I handed my notice in and I um I applied I joined on um it's called star now it was called star now it's like a casting call website okay yeah largely kind of um like wood spotlight time for print stuff um yeah i guess um not so professional but i i answered this casting call for a um sex toy reviewer blog thing for Mm -hmm. a company called love honey um and i went and i don't think anyone really knew what the job was they just knew they wanted to create some kind of video content for their website um, so we started kind of playing around with ideas and we did Agony Ant stuff and that's just grown. I've been with them like four years now. Mm-hmm. So now we do um, YouTube, we have a YouTube channel where we do advice columns. Uh, I review all the sex toys, I talk people through it, I do buyer's guides. Uh, they're largely educational and sometimes a little bit salesy, but um, they're, they're really fun and they're really good and they're super popular as well. So I started doing that and then, and that was just, that sparked my interest. I'd, I'd always like sex even when i was like pre-teen i found it fascinating i was just mm. like wow two people do that for fun what is this um and i was i was always getting into trouble for like like i used to stay up really late to watch like euro trash and stuff like that when i was like 13 mm-hmm. do you did you have euro trash i know of it i don't i think i might have seen a little bit of it but it wasn't like um it was crazy yeah it it wasn't something i that was something i watched a lot as a kid yeah. but i know what it is um, but I, yeah i used to stay up to watch that so when i when i landed the job with love honey i um i took to it like a duck to water and then after a year or so i was doing loads of different presenting it wasn't mm-hmm. just um like sex and relationships it, there was i did like shopping telly and just anything i could get to pay the bills and part way through the year i decided like everything i'm going to is in london i need to be in london so i moved to london with my friend and uh it just it was amazing i loved 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 living in london um it was it was great it was really busy it was really kind of just so different so kind of ever changing stuff was happening all you the time you moved from bristol to london i moved from bristol to london yeah and um and bristol is a, you know it's a city it's a big city but it's a really chilled laid back city mm-hmm. london is super fast paced in comparison um and decided i was i wasn't going to take just any presenting job i was going to work hard on on knowing everything about sex knowing everything about kind of um how we interact just as people and Mm -hmm. and trying to to just learn so that i was more of an authority on it and and kind of beating the other people that were doing it um so i did that and and and, uh, i got a pr agent who got me in some magazines and then it kind of just snowballed from there and after about a year and a half i was like i really need to get a a professional qualification because people were saying to me well what makes you Mm. Uh, qualified to say this and at the time i was like oh, nothing just done a lot of reading yeah, just just look on the internet well even uh. still like because i've been i read a lot about health and fitness and sometimes when i'm reading these articles 
that people write or like I follow blogs of like nutritionists and stuff like that. I uh, some people I'm like I don't think you have an official qualification. I think you're completely yeah, the, self-taught. Yeah, the internet does make it so that people can just kind of invent a mm. career because you what you buy a website and you build it mm. and then that's that's your CV yeah. and you you're totally in control of what you yeah. put on there. So or even some qualifications like and I'm sure it's similar in counseling and your uh, profession because I looked into getting a nutritionist qualification in the ones that fit my budget and in timeline or lifestyle yeah. right now are very basic and then i have a friend who's like getting a ph like she knows the yeah, science yeah it depends what food. level you want to go yeah. to and what you want to do with it like i i could do a lot more um counseling qualifications and do a lot more with, in psychology but what i've got is perfect for what i do for a yeah. living if i wanted to start you know open up my own practice i couldn't do that I right don't, i don't have the the relevant qualifications um and i would never get insured but for in terms of you know doing it online and ha- having people come to my house i could i can i'm more than qualified to do that mm-hmm. it's just it's just what you want to do if, yeah. I, if i if say in 10 years time because i think if 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 I can't make writing, like make a go of writing, I'm going to go back to counselling and psychology and I'll probably go back to university and do everything kind of in the traditional order. Yeah, the formal way. I think people are definitely more comfortable with that. But for the time being, I'm a certified couples counsellor so I can legally offer advice to people. But at the end of the day, that's all it is, is advice. So So you didn't wake up one day and you weren't like, I'm going to be a a sex expert. It's just kind of snowballed. You got the love. Yeah, definitely snowballed. And then you were like, I should get a certification since now. Yeah. So did people start asking you for advice before you started offering it? Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Um, People would just see that I worked for Love Honey. That's sex toys and and everything. Great, uh, great company, by the way. They are. Uh, Fun, fun little plug on my part. I'm doing a show on January 21st. Uh, for uh, Brook Charity, mm-hmm. which um, is a charity that uh, <clears throat> helps bring sexual um, health awareness to young people. Yeah. And uh, one of the sponsors is Love Honey. So Amazing. as a person on the bill, I get a Love Honey swag bag. <gasps> I did it last year. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'll make sure they put a few extra bits in for oh, you. <laughs> well, last year they ran out of... They ran out of bags, so they they like mailed me my thank you package, and I had a joke about um, uh, having sex with someone while wearing a strap on. And God bless them, they sent me a strap on. Amazing. They were like, "We just had to," and I was you like, "Have to have it." I was like, "This is so sweet, you lovely people." Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, uh, sorry. Back to you. Um, so you uh, you started out working for Love Honey, and then. People started asking you for advice, so and it's yeah. Well, they have a they ha- have a PR company that tries to get them in the press, so their brand is furthered. And um, from the back of that, people were saying they were using me as kind of like the the face or the voice. Um, so they were asking me for advice. So I started started writing, um, and it it kind of just made me uncomfortable that I was offering this advice without any kind of formal qualification. Mm-hmm. So I thought I need to and it on my to-do list get qualifications so I needed to tick that box um which I did and I really enjoyed kind of like going back to school and learning so much so that when I got into health and fitness because I was such a lazy bum uh kind of circa 2012 uh, I decided you know I want to I want to get a qualification in this so I, I signed up to a personal training level three 
qualification which I'm doing at the minute right in that you get that certification at the end of this month right at the end of this month the 20th is my um final is my exam where I have to go in and show them that I I'm not going to kill someone in the gym I really appreciate Annabelle's thirst for knowledge because she already has this amazing career and then she just decided to get certified as a personal trainer, which uh, we talk about why she decided to do that uh, in this next section. Before we move on, I did mention it during, uh, as Annabelle and I were talking, but I just want to give you more information. This coming weekend on the 21st of January, I am on a show called Sex Appeal which is a uh, benefit where all the proceeds go to the Young People's Sexual Health Charity, Brooke. Um, It's a really great cause, and uh, it's a great lineup. I'm on it. No no big deal. Uh, Al Murray is on it. Ed Byrne, uh, Johnny Cochran, Richard Herring, Mae Martin, Scott Caporo, Sindhu V, Desiree Birch. It's an amazing lineup. It's on the 21st of this month at Conway Hall in London. You can get tickets either on my website, abigailia.com or comedysex.org. Uh, it's a charity. None of the acts are getting paid. I'm not getting paid except for, uh, like I said, Love Honey gives us a swag bag. So those are the two things that I work for, either fine British sterling or sex toys from Love Honey, which uh, I, I, I'm not going to tell you which actually has more worth in my personal life. I'll give you a hint. It doesn't have the queen on it. Um, But yeah, please come to that. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Again, comedysex.org or my website, abigailia.com. Of course, all of my shows are at abigailia.com. You can find out where I am at all times. Uh, Again, I'll be at the Leicester Comedy Festival on February 15th. If you live in Leicester, come to that. I will be at the Glasgow International Comedy Festival on the 9th and 10th of March. Again, all that's at abigailia.com. But, okay, enough about me. Back to Annabelle. So you already have this, like, awesome rounded career of being a writer and a sex expert. What made you decide to get a personal training certification? I joined a gym like a year and a half ago. Okay. And I never, I'd never really been in a gym. I thought it was crazy. Why would people do that to themselves? Just you know, save up and pay for the drugs and surgery. That was kind of my yeah. my stance on it. And I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed um, what it did to my body and what it did to my overall physical fitness. And off the back of that, like nutrition and just, I, I became vegetarian a year ago. Congratulations! So thank you. So. Um, kind of learning about nutrition from a vegetarian standpoint when you're training three times a week uh, you need to make sure you're eating you're you're fueling yourself so um i got really into cooking uh, i've always been into cooking but really into cooking mm. um because i want i like food i want it to be enjoyable i don't just want to you know microwave a couple of corn chicken fillets and eat it with some spinach i want it although i do do that yeah <laughs> everyone does um yeah i just got really into it and i like I liked the feeling of accomplishment from getting the counselling qualification and doing all my psychology bits and pieces. So I thought, you know, what, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pay for it because I can always, if tomorrow I am no like just no one hires me, uh, my book just falls flat on its ass, and I can't make any money. At least I'll have something. People always want to get fit. Yeah. January comes around once a year. Everyone wants to get. Yeah. Fit. Yeah, that's so true. Um, it's. 
It's so interesting. So when you started at the gym, it didn't overwhelm you? Because I feel like when I, whenever I've been like, I'm going to go to a gym and I'm just, the people who listen know this, but I don't think you do. I'm a certified yoga instructor. I do know that. Okay. Uh, I'm a big room instructor. <laughs> but even when I was like, I'm going to join a gym, I'd walk in and there'd be all <clears> these <throat> machines and I'd be like, I... To, where do you start <laughs> now I've where does start, the coffee come out of yeah now now I've started doing CrossFit and now I can go into a regular gym and mm. be like okay I'm gonna do five sets of five of these types of weights and then I'm gonna go do this on the treadmill like now I have an idea of how to do the gym but did you just walk in and you were like I, I did but I think it's super important if you are new to it to like personal trainers they are there they're professionals and they're there to like just start you off on your journey if so you, want, you started with a personal I, trainer i started by having um like an induction and okay. part of my gym membership was they design your program for four weeks you do that and then you meet back with your personal trainer he walks you through it shows you everything oh and cool. they're always trainers i go to a gym called code fitness in newark in nottinghamshire and they are just the best like i think had i gone to any other gym in the country i probably would have just quit but they're so like they they love the people that work there and they're super involved and super invested in everyone improving Mm -hmm. so at any one time there'll be two three four trainers on the floor if you've got any problems or they see you doing something you could improve they will literally just come over spend 10 minutes with you so you you never feel like you're alone doing it it's you feel like someone has got your back the entire time Mm -hmm. and that's what helped me get my confidence because i was weak as a kitten when i first went yeah holding a five kilogram dumbbell i was like oh my god it's so heavy and now i'm like reaching for the 12s (laughs) you go girl yeah because i've noticed in doing research about you and reading some of your articles and stuff a lot of times you'll reference uh diet and fitness when someone's like i'm having trouble performing sexually you'll be like what are you eating yeah the thing is it's so people just don't realize they go hand in hand like if you are happy and healthy outside of the bedroom you're going to be happy and healthy inside of the bedroom Mm -hmm. you have to like you have to look after yourself and that means putting good stuff into your body and and testing it straining it going going and doing some exercise making yourself a little bit uncomfortable because that's how you get stronger and that's how you get fitter yeah what a what is your personal training certification like has have you been doing it for three years no 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 i've been doing it for so you can you the qualification i'm doing you can do in six weeks okay. um, but i've been doing it for about oh god halfway through last year maybe seven months something okay. like that um and it's a distance learning thing because I, I travel a lot. I can do it on the road, um, but I have to go in to like a college every month to mm-hmm. to just put your hand up and answer a few questions. Um, but I really enjoy distance learning. Mm. Open university and open college have been amazing for me. And I would, if I ever decide to do something else, um, even if it's just kind of like not for fun, but just to expand your knowledge. I like I like the idea of being qualified so i can beat anyone in an argument because i I have a qualification (laughs) it's fun talking to you because i've i've been like i kind of want to get a nutrition qualification and like i'm always like nah it's a waste of money you're a comedian don't don't spend and talking to you i'm like i fucking you should just do it i wanted to do it for years like now it's 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 going on years that i've been like the thing is once you have a qualification at one point i i i signed up for a course bought all the books and this was in college and my my 
family was like, why are you doing this? Why are you? And, and then like two days later I dropped out, like, because I no. could get a full refund. I was like, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to do right, it. They're right. I'm not going to do it. No, I like, I like the idea of having a, a qualification because once you've got it, no one can take it away from you. Yeah. You've, you've always got that. It's always kind of like a string to your bow. That's never going to snap. Yeah. And so what is, what is the coursework that you've had to do for this specific training? Oh, um, my favorite thing I had to do, I did a postural exam. I've been learning about posture and the correct posture as I, <laughs> as I slouch in my seat. Um, and uh, I had to have a volunteer. And my sister's just moved from London uh, to near where I live. So I was like, perfect, you're going to come, you're going to help me. So I did, did this exam on her. And I was like, I'm, this is only like coursework. I, I'm not qualified. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I think that she's got something wrong with her with her pelvis. Like it's, it feels like from all everything I've learned and what I've been shown, this isn't quite right. So I said to her, "Do you have lower back pain?" Like in a meek and mild voice, because she's she's um, very authoritative. My sister is, mm. and she's like, "Yeah, I've been getting getting like lower back pain in the bottom of my back normally when I wake up." And I was like, "Try standing like this." So I just put her in the correct position. And what I thought. And a couple of weeks ago, I was on the phone to her and she was like, do you know, I haven't had any back pain since you showed me how to stand properly. Oh, wow. And I was like, I'm basically Jesus. Yeah. I'm just performing miracles left, right and centre. I'm fixing premature ejaculation. I'm curing my sister's <laughs> lameness. Like, just bring me someone who's blind and I'll just do something amazing. <laughs> so when, once you officially have your certification, are you going to start... Um, personal training right away. Do you know away, what I am? Or? Yeah, I the gym I work at actually said to me, do you know what, if you, if you want to do it, because I've, I've been talking to them, I've made friends with the, the guys that own it, and I was saying, like, do you know, I th- I'm thinking of doing this. I don't know, like, I don't think I'll make any money out of it. I, I live next to a village hall. I was, like, going to run, run boot camps, oh, some okay. kind, something like that, like red carpet weekend boot camps for everyone to come and just feel good about themselves over the weekend as they shovel chips into their mouth and down beer. Um and they said, you know, well, if you get it, you can you can personal train out of our gym. I was like, really? That's amazing because part of the like problem is finding somewhere to to do it. Cause yeah. Regular gyms charge like a fortune like every month, and they just said like we'll take a percentage of your clients, and they're they're literally like <laughs> texting me, bless him, Luke, who owns it with Steve. They um, are texting me like, when are you qualified? We've got like a catalogue of people that want to be trained. So I'm like, I know that. When I when I've done it, and it's I, January. I know I'll I'll um I'll balance it. Well, they've been asking me since November, oh, wow. but I um I'll balance it. And if if I find that it's taking up too much of my time or I can't balance my other work, I'll I'll have to take a step back from it. But you don't know unless unless you try. And and I'm self employed. I don't have to be there nine to five. I can try and work it around my schedule, and hopefully it'll mean that I get to actually do something with the qualification. Yeah. Do you have a goal of being able to, because you said you travel a lot, do you have a goal in mind with personal training to be able to be home more or does that matter to you? Um, yeah, I guess the the grounding of having a base, like having somewhere to go to, like I do miss that, but yeah, would I trade it? No, probably wouldn't. I'd, I'd just keep doing that. Like my husband and I, we don't see each other that often. It's kind of feast or famine. Mm-hmm. We're either like... How often are you traveling? Just curious. Well, I go uh to london a couple of times a month and to bath uh every week so like just out of the house one night a week at least and then like i like my friends are based all over so i go and visit them and my husband is a filmmaker he's working on a, a very swanky new film at the moment mm-hmm. um so he's away for 
for days and days at a time and we're like ships passing in the night so I'm probably home I'm home a lot more than he is but I'm still not home that often yeah. not home right now yeah well, my uh, boyfriend and I have the same issue where um, we it, when we're both working it's like we live in a timeshare like we don't see each other in yeah. the apartment at all but then we'll go through about where um, either we're both working from home or both of us don't have work because we're both freelance. Yeah, you know, we're exactly the same. And then we're home for like two weeks together and we're like, there's a lot of time together after not seeing each other. Yeah, you definitely need that period of adjustment afterwards. Yeah. Like, me and my husband say we've been away for like three weeks and haven't seen each other or five weeks. <laughs> On the first day back, we barely talk because we're just getting used to being around another Oh, sharing your space with another person again. Um, Matt calls it decompression. He just needs time to decompress. Yeah. Uh, and I need time to just... I don't really know what I do. I just like some alone time. Because yeah. when, when you're working, you're not you're not alone. You're, I find I don't actually get much time to myself. So, yeah, I like, I like to have a bath, get a glass of wine, put on a face mask. I love baths. I never took a bath. I, I mean, I took what? a bath. <laughs> I, I, I took a bath, but... Um, I've never like had an actual like tub until I moved <gasps> into this apartment. Like New York tubs are like super tiny. They're not really they're like I the can't bowls. stretch out. Yeah, they're bowls. So when I moved into the, the one reason or there's the location of this apartment's amazing. But when I saw it had like an actual tub in it, I was like, just yes. name your price. <laughs> just name your price. I'm in. I'm in. I'm it. very happy with that. Yeah, we love baths. We had a bath made for us because Matt's six foot four so he's never been able to stretch out in a bath Um, and our bathroom is just over two meters wide and he said I want a bath there I want it I want it to take up the whole length of the room yeah so I was like okay cool so we've got a two meter long bath that he can it's great for him I feel like I'm drowning constantly because I'm it's because you keep as well (laughs) our water bill is atrocious that's amazing How much fun would it be to have Annabelle as a personal trainer? Um, I feel like I'm going to have to go up north just once, at least for one session, to see what that's like, because I just think it'd be fun. Um, in this next section, uh, Annabelle, we've we've talked a lot about what she does, but uh, in this next section, I actually asked her for some sex advice for single people and married people, so she gives that. And uh, she has her own sex toy line, uh, which we're going to talk about Uh that uh, was made in partnership, I guess, with Love Honey. Would we say in partnership? I don't know if that's the right word. But you can get them at lovehoney.co.uk. I will put that in the show notes for you guys, so don't you worry. And, of course, Love Honey is one of the sponsors for uh, Sex Appeal, the show I'm on on the 21st, which you will all go to. So uh, I look forward to seeing you there. More talk from Annabelle. Do you have a lot of times when you're giving sex advice, people uh, prying into your own sex life? Yeah, um, I have a rule where I don't, in the press or kind of online or in any realm that's publicly accessible, talk about my own personal sex life. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it's really anyone's, anyone's business. And it's also not proof that I'm good at my job. Does it bug people or... I get Why? some people get um, a little annoyed. They feel like because I'm in uh, like a public arena, every element of my life should be accessible. But I'm not, you know, I'm not a, a reality TV yeah. shot star. I'm not like one of the, <laughs> I wish I was one of the Kardashians for the bank balance, but I'm not one of them. I don't live my life um, for other people. And that's not also not how I make my living. 
Um, so some people do find it difficult to accept that and they will continue to pry and I'm not a I'm not a confrontational person so I try and either make light of it or just ignore it mm-hmm. uh, but that like journalists are, are good at their job their their job is to get you know get the story so once yeah. they get a sniff that you're uncomfortable they think there's a story there so they'll they'll press you further they're and further. like how many ways can I ask this question where yeah. it seems like I'm not asking that and I'm, question I'm just like how many times can I say oh, I actually don't talk about my own sex life yeah and they they just don't don't care why do you think it matters so much to people that like to know I guess because because of what I do people have this um very wild idea of what um a sexpert's sex life must be like um and they might be right but they also might be wrong so mm-hmm. I guess it's just um just kind of preordained ideas that people have that they want either confirming or they want they just want to know like people are nosy like yeah. the whole culture like but most people live their life on facebook now everything's accessible so yeah i not? guess like when you said uh you're not a reality tv star it's like so many people give so much of their information mm. away. overshare yeah. on like even on my so i have a like a private personal facebook account with yeah. people i i actually know and then i have a annabelle knight kind of uh, businessy one which is just work based right uh, so like i do share things with my with my um friends on facebook but i've got a, a lot of friends on facebook who say just say things that i would never say yeah. and i don't know whether that's because i'm thinking oh god that someone might like screenshot that and put it on twitter or something like that but that overshare trend is just too much like I, I just don't care yeah well uh again as a comedian for a long time i talked about my sex life very openly uh on stage when i was single and when tom and i started to see each other we, we had to sit down and have a chat of like what can and cannot be yeah. said anymore because he's he's a very private person it, was that from his um standpoint that he didn't want you talking about it or did you did something change when you started dating someone and went from single to in a relationship where you did you know both some things are so i felt like there were certain subjects that i didn't feel comfortable talking on about on stage without his bl- blessing so to say. Yeah. because because and there's only one thing that he's ever been like, how about you not mention that? There's, yeah. It's only happened once and it's been very recently. But because we started dating when I was writing a specific Edinburgh show, there are things that I talked about in that show um, that people in our personal life just think were about him. Like, example, everyone thinks I fucked my boyfriend in the ass. Never happened. Never happened. But <laughs> because I was writing that show right when we started to see each other and it all overlapped and, and God bless him, he just stands in back of the comedy room and, and just like, is like, oh, what do I do? Uh, this yeah, is what everyone thinks happened. But um but yeah, it's um it, yeah, it it was kind of an I don't know, at the same time I think there was a moment of like maybe we should talk. Yeah, I get the same thing with the book. So um lots of people think that it is 100% fiction 100% it's just kind of crawled out of the darker recesses of my mind usually after a couple of glasses of red but people are like so I I would send like little bits to a couple of friends who love the genre just Mm. to make sure I'm on track because I'm I'm super um impressionable so I haven't read any it's not like a genre that I love and I want to be involved in uh, that I do want to be involved in it but it's not one that I would pick up myself i'm a stephen king fan like total, I love stephen king. total horror mm. nut love it 
Um, but people would be like, oh, you know, this this is you. Who did you do this with? Or what's who's this about? Or they think it's real and it, and it just isn't. Like, and I can't, I can't kind of express that enough. It's like the lady doth protest too much. The yeah. more I say it, the more people are like, oh, yeah, right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Wink, wink. <laughs> I know. Yeah, wink, wink. Uh, so um, I know we've got your main piece of advice, which is to push yourself. But I'm just curious, because you are a sex expert, what are a couple <laughs> pieces of advice you have for people like single people sexually like oh then, single uh, people and then uh people in long-term relationships so like both i guess um i mean if you're single just just do what you want like i hate that that you know women should behave in a certain way and men get to do whatever they want or or whatever kind of preordained ideas people have mm-hmm. just think do what you want and also don't judge other people for for anything that they do and don't don't kind of pass out judgment and don't take judgment either mm-hmm. and couples in a relationship buy a cock ring that is <laughs> literally i fucking love them that's that's one thing i will say they are fantastic they like solve the so many little sexual problems so they're great for premature ejaculation they're great for maintaining an erection they're brilliant for boosting orgasms mm-hmm. and they're like this non-intimidating little like silicon ring buy the one with a vibrator on it because like it's near impossible for a guy to stimulate your clitoris and penetrate you at the same time consistently but a cock ring does that so it kind of guys it takes the hard work out of it for you Uh um and i think i think they save relationships really yeah i do like the amount of couples that i i have spoken to or advised and just said you know what just try this just try it see if it works and they're like oh my god why did i not get one of these they're like and they're cheap as well i mean you can spend a fortune but is that like your welcome package it's like a pdf yeah when people come to my house instead of like a bowl of mints i hand out cock rings yeah i'm just like make it rain because you have your own sex line i do uh sex toy line yeah my 800 (laughs) no uh sex toy line yeah i've got um there's five items there at the moment and we're adding a sixth um which i think i can say i don't know if i'm gonna get in trouble for this but it's a g-spot toy uh and it was originally designed uh as a, a male anal toy mm-hmm. and um in in the tests the guys were just say, like not that enamored with it until just someone in the group was like what about the g-spot and then it was like ah the g-spot here we go so so i've taken that toy and changed it a little bit made it like annabelle knight-esque and it's um hopefully going to be added in the next three or four months yeah so when you have when you have your own line are you designing them like what makes them annabelle knight sex toys and not like a vibrator is a vibrator yeah it is i mean it's, it's branding it's the packaging but um we do we do design them there's a team of us so i i have ideas uh but again you know there's many many elements uh in sex toys mm-hmm. um so i need to get advice from lots of different ports so i design them and then someone will look at, at them and they'll maybe tweak it or say what about if we do this and then they'll go into production which is the colorways and then the packaging gets designed and then i do a little leaflet with like my pearls of wisdom and how to use it and stuff mm-hmm. like that and uh yeah that's that's about it really and coming up with the names is always difficult because i started down this line of um choosing names that were like ooh or ah for like because i like i like that idea yeah okay i'm on toy six now and i've had you- two that have been discontinued one for health and safety reasons what <laughs> what was wrong with it um, it, it didn't kill anyone um no the the it was so when we first started making them i didn't want to invest the 
no one wants to put that much money into them just to see you how want to make sure they're affordable yeah you, they want to be affordable but you want to also make sure that there's a market for it because you can if you pump a load of money in something but no one wants it it's just a waste mm-hmm. um so the build quality wasn't a hundred percent perfect so the battery pack at the bottom the little screw base just it, it would come loose like mm-hmm. with regular use so there was a lot of girls that we're saying, you know, it's just it's just a bit flimsy. So we got rid of it, and that's where the new G-Spot toy is coming in because I just wanted to like, kind of prove to everyone that, you know, that's that's not me. That was just, that was a tester. We're, we're doing the real thing. Yeah. That was the rehearsal. It's the, it's the proper, proper so, thing now. Uh, so you were going down in, like, sounds. Uh, you were naming them after sounds. Yeah, and yeah. Run, basically, have you run out of noises? Uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Can you call the G-Spot one? Yeah! Well, I wanted to call it OMG, but they didn't like that. So um, we're back to the drawing board with that one. But yeah, there are only, there's a finite amount of sounds for names that you can use. So I don't know whether to rehash the old name and call it like 2.0, something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. That's that's another meeting. Yeah. How, how, how did you, did you come up with the idea of having your own sex line? I did. We were being filmed for a documentary for Channel 4. Um, we be Love Honey. Love Honey. Sorry. And uh, I thought, in a slightly manipulative way, that if I asked for my own sex toy line on camera, they would feel more pressure to say yes. Um, and it and it, ew, yeah, it only went and worked, <laughs> uh, reinforcing bad behaviour. But it did work, uh, and and they said yes. But I went in, I went in with this pitch, and I printed it all out to like pitch it, and I couldn't find any staples or paper clips anywhere in the office and it had been someone's birthday and in the bin there was like a curling ribbon like gift ribbon so i fished that out of the bin and reused it to like tie my oh it was just so unprofessional it looked like shit Uh, and when i saw it back on on the tv show i was like oh my god why did they ever say yes i look like a child and it's like drawn in crayon Uh, but they did say yes they they knew a good thing when they saw it yeah very cool um so when does your uh, when does the new G-Spot toy come out? Do uh, you know yet? Uh, well, we're aiming for the next three months. Within so you the next got a lot months. going on. She's just about to be certified. Yeah. Book comes out in April. Yeah. And then April. in another three months, so like March is a new toy comes out. But they're all things that like I've done the work for them. Like the the qualification is is work, and that's what I'm focusing on mainly. But the the sex toy in the book, the work's done. Like that's kind of bubbling in the background. It doesn't actually, other than emails and phone calls it doesn't physically take up my time like it it did do but I started planning because I'm always like I feel like I'm all over the shop at the moment because well I've got an idea for another book and it's a really good idea and it's it needs to be written but I have to like just really control myself not not to get involved because once I'm in that mentality that is me done Mm -hmm. for quite a while uh, and if I start down that path, the the PT qualification is just not going to get done. Mm. Um, and I think that's why it's taken me quite a long time because I've just, um, like, it's a constant learning curve of, like, juggling and balancing because you, you get one thing out of the way, like I said before, and then you suddenly find you've got three other things to kind of just get, keep in the air. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it can be hard, but it's, it's fun. It's challenging. So I, because we started out today talking about... Um, uh, that you're someone who needs a lot of sleep and and I'm like me too but as we're talking I'm like I don't know when she sleeps I do sleep and I sleep a lot I love sleep like I'm I I always say kind of like once a day I'll be like 
it'll dawn on me that in a few hours it's an appropriate time for an adult <laughs> to go to bed and I'm just like yes I can't wait to get into bed it's so good um but yeah no I sleep I get I get seven or eight hours every night make sure okay cool 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 um great I mean we've we've pretty much wrapped it up this has been so much fun uh you're so lovely to talk to you Annabelle thank oh, you thank you for coming on um yeah so uh just what we've kind of sprinkled in little plugs of stuff you have coming up uh i'm going to release this in the next five days or so is there something that you want to point people to uh your website your uh, uh, follow you- me on twitter because i just got verified which made me so happy <laughs> i literally woke up on new year's day and i had an email from twitter saying oh, we verified really? you i was like hey well, happy christmas one of my friends just got verified as well i'm and now i'm like jealous about it i've oh, never cared no. but now it i'm was- like I want to get verified. Well, I cared. I cared in the early days when I was like, that blue tick means the world to me. Yeah. And then other stuff happens and you just stop giving a shit. Yeah. Uh, but then it happened. I was super like, I was really like, not not smug. I was trying not to be happy because we had a house full of people and we all work in like a similar industry. We're oh, creative. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, don't brag, don't brag. But guys, get what? Oh, so... Yeah, my Twitter, Miss Bell Knight. Okay. It's full of... It's, it's either food-related, French bulldog-related, sex, or me complaining at big companies. Great. I use Twitter to bitch, Good. quite frankly. Yeah, we didn't really cover food. You cook a lot as well, you said? Yeah, being a vegetarian and training, I the whole like uh, nutrition element, because I, I cover that in, in my PT coursework. Mm. What made you become vegetarian? <clears throat> you said a year ago you... I, I I woke up one, one day. Technically, we have one minute left, and I'm like, let's just dive into this. Oh, quick! But, okay, well, uh, we, we I, can I literally... talk longer. We can talk longer. I just oh, I'm happy to go at your, okay. at your pace. Um, okay. I woke up one day, and I was a carnivore. Like meat, three meals a day. Just couldn't get enough of it. And I just woke up one day and was like, "Isn't that strange? Like that it made it I had like a funny kind of feeling in my body that it was weird that to eat meat." Um, so I kind of gave up meat and carried on with fish only for like a couple of weeks and then I couldn't eat that either just didn't like how it felt in my mouth anymore Mm. and then um, after giving it up for no real reason whatsoever um, I started becoming interested because I started following vegetarian blogs and things for inspiration for food mainly Um, and and there's that kind of this osmosis of information when people are when your your timeline suddenly becomes very vegetarian focused mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of information about you know animal welfare and cruelty and farming regulations and methods and what's the chemicals that are actually in the meat that we eat um and why antibiotics don't work anymore because of those chemicals and i just the the more i read about that the more i thought oh okay i've made i've made a good decision mm-hmm. um but I just come back from Paris and it was extremely difficult over there. Yeah. We went yeah. to a couple of places and there just was, there was like no vegetarian option. Do you, will you occasionally eat a meat dish? I if- tried a snail in, okay. in Paris. That's um, not an animal. God. <laughs> so I still don't eat seafood or anything. I don't eat anything yeah. like that really. Um, I, I've got a couple of friends that are vegan and uh, they're doing like vegan January for, for a challenge and their food they post their food on social media and it just looks so nice I'm like yeah. why would you not it's super healthy yeah um, but yeah I did try a snail so yeah I'm going to hell for that okay <laughs> 
But uh, you like out of if you were to go over to someone's house and they didn't know you were a vegetarian and they I were like, yeah. you wouldn't. No, no. Sorry. Just yeah. so everyone knows, if I come to your house, I'm a veggie. F- fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. I didn't know how strict you were on it because I know some people are like strict to a point like they'll try something if they've never had it like you said yeah you tried a snail. That's, that's what my um thing was like we went with a brazilian girl called cynthia and she was telling me about these um uh, traditional brazilian dishes all meat <laughs> yeah pretty much all meat but the way they're cooked and there's this pork thing that it's it's black and it looks disgusting but apparently tastes amazing um and it's really traditional from where she's from and i was like do you know if i did travel there i probably would try a mouthful just for the experience mm-hmm. but on the whole no no food with a face yeah fair enough fair enough all right um I, yeah like i said i think we're done so people follow you at miss bell night that's right yeah spell night and then any any other uh things you want to buy my sex toys buy your sex toys uh, which my are book. on love honey right yeah it's the annabelle knight collection uh they're available in a few places actually uh i know amazon sell them okay <laughs> i found really weird i was like amazon that's for pans isn't it <laughs> Uh, but no, sex toys as well. And lovehoney.co.uk. Okay, cool. And I'll put that all in the show notes, the links to it, so people ah, can check out. How exciting. I'm really looking stuff. forward to it. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. No, thank I you really for having me. It. And before we go, can you give your uh, one original piece of advice one more time? Oh, uh, push yourself. Push. Step out of your comfort zone. Yeah, do it. All right. Thanks so much. So that's it, everybody. That is episode number 24 of Namaste Bitches Podcast. Please go on iTunes, rate and review it. You can rate and review it on Stitcher as well or share it with a friend. Um, I will be at Conway Hall on the 21st with Sex Appeal and London. Please come to that. Any of my other shows are at abagalia.com. You can reach me at abagalia. Tweet at Annabelle Knight uh, at Miss Bell Knight because, I mean, why wouldn't you? She's totally awesome and you should do that. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Remember uh, to push yourself and uh, namaste. Namaste.